Today on Gun Talk Nation, we're going to talk about the aftermath of the Uvalde shooting and how we might be able to fix it going forward with Chris Serino. This Gun Talk Nation is brought to you by Loophold, Be Relentless, Silencer Central, Silence Delivered, Facts and Firearms, The Fellowship of Firearms, Remington Ammunition, trusted by law enforcement, available to you, and Ballistic Advantage. Chris, we've we've got a couple weeks, week and a half under our belt now from this thing that happened in Texas in Uvalde. Um, I've been to Uvalde, hill country north of San Antonio, great place to go hunting, quiet community. Nothing ever happens there, right? Nothing ever happens anywhere, don't you know that? Especially yeah. quiet places. I've been to Newtown, Connecticut. It's like Mayberry. I mean, it's like, right? oh my gosh. You feel like, you know, they just, maple syrup comes out of the tap there. Well, it's well just, when you happen upon one of these towns where something really bad happened, you always are amazed. Like, here? Yeah. That's the first thought. Like, here? Yeah. Why would it happen here? Yeah, so um, I thought... We talk about specifically today, and this is going to be a two-parter, guys. We're going to do, there's a lot to cover here. So on this first Gun Talk Nation with Chris, we're going to focus on teachers because you have a lot of background in that. I mean, talk about your background in, in training teachers to carry guns in schools. Right. And and most everybody knows, but not everybody that's listening understands. I mean, I, I had been training teachers since the Newtown incident. Um, we had an armed teacher program in the state of Ohio. Only one person was doing it. One facility was doing that in the state of Ohio. And when uh, Newtown happened, the, the desire for armed teachers and armed staff and training, uh, it I mean, it quadrupled. And uh, the fellow down there, of course, it was John Benner at TDI, Tactical Defense Institute. John uh, called up north to the Buckeye Firearms guys and said, hey, who can we use up there? And they said, well, what about Chris Serino? And John said, well... You know, I've always heard good things about him. So uh, John called me and said, hey, do you want to do this? And uh, it's all yours. The northern part of the state is yours. So um, how many teachers do you think that you've trained? Uh, you know, I think across the state, I know we've done well over 3,000. Wow. Okay. Over those years. Um, because we only we can only do so many at a time. We take twenty at a time. We run about six class. We ran. I don't. I'm not involved with that anymore since I right. moved to Louisiana. Right. And I don't want people to to contact me. I already had people contact me. Thought I was bringing it to Louisiana. <laughs> not but, right uh, now. Not yet. Maybe. No. I mean, <laughs> I would be a consultant for it for sure, and I could certainly help people get going. But uh, we trained about you know three thousand plus teachers over those years. And uh, it was only small numbers, about six classes a year. Then we started a level two class and the level two class was a little more involved, a little more force on force, uh, you know, the whole thing over again, except harder. I think people in the the general audience out there in, in the U.S., when they start talking about different ways that we could stop it, different ways we could prevent it, and they want to explore solutions everyone on all sides wants to explore solutions here um i think part of the problem is i've always kind of said you know you can't not short term you can't prevent this type of thing from happening i mean long term over the course of decades maybe you can actually change culture and a lot of things to actually start preventing this from even becoming something in someone's head but at this point 
you're not preventing them from actually starting this. You can only stop it once it starts. That's my take on it. Well, we're certainly not doing anything to prevent it because if you look at, you know, what's been all over the news this last week with all the little kids that had to go watch the the strip show with the transsexual people, kids can't handle kids can't handle certain things. And what we're doing is we're putting too much stuff on them. So ultimately, until we start teaching values again and just n- normal stuff, I mean, and, and all that LGBTQ is part of everybody's life. It's been part of our lives forever. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to school with mm-hmm. kids that were different, but it's when we start forcing kids into roles that they're, they're not comfortable with, and then they don't know how to act. They don't know how to react and they don't have a parental foundation so we're not doing anything to prevent that so yes that's what i mean you know the prevention part is a much bigger cultural shift so we have to take prevention into our own hands so right so so let's talk about like it's prevention reaction we can't we don't know i think everybody would agree there's a lot of kids with troubled homes troubled upbringings and all that stuff and it seems like that where is where a lot of this happens um, where these where these kids come from and, so, that, and that is everywhere. And so that's why one it's of the problem. solutions being offered is why don't you let teachers carry in schools? And and I'll you know, we we sat in a couple of years ago, we sat in on a hearing, a state Senate or Senate or House uh, hearing <clears throat> about a bill to allow teachers to carry in schools. Everybody said, you're going to you're going to require teachers to carry guns. No. We're not talking about requiring teachers. We're just not going to prevent them and, from and doing that's it. And that's what a lot of people just don't understand stuff. You know, the island's not going to tip over just because a bunch of people move to one side. <laughs> I mean, if you don't understand the island is a mountain, I mean, then you can't have a, a you can't even have a conversation. Right. The politicians, <clears throat> they don't know about the subject matter, but they most politicians aren't willing to admit that they don't know anything about the subject matter. So, I mean... Let's get into the nitty gritty of this. So teachers, obviously you think that, that there's value to that, right? Fair? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's a volunteer program. It has to be volunteer, just like law enforcement in the military is volunteer. You can't put people into law enforcement that aren't willing to take risk. Mm-hmm. You can't put people into the military that aren't willing to go forth uh, against all um, odds. Unless you're on the Uvalde Police Department. Well, and then there's that. And then you can just... Sit outside and handcuff. I mean, moms. I I signed up to be a police officer because I wanted to go where the action was, and then I became a SWAT guy because I wanted more action, and then I went to the feds and became an air marshal after nine eleven because I wanted to save the world, and I didn't care if I went down on that airplane as long as I saved it because my name would be on that list, mm-hmm. and someone would know what happened. So, I mean, your experience. Do you think that it, <clears throat> teachers really can make a difference and, and stop this, this type of thing? 100%. I, I 100% believe it. Um, I've trained enough and I've seen enough. They have the heart of a lion. Um, there are some, I mean, they're no different than mothers. Would a mother save their child? Mm-hmm. So what's what's the real difference between teachers and mothers? I mean, there's not a whole lot. And of course, you have... It's not just women, right? You have male teachers. You have, oh, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's frankly, there's a lot of teachers who have military background. Well, I served as a school resource officer and I was there to protect the school, the school, the students, the teachers. And I considered every one of them my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
but I signed up for that. They asked me to do the school resource officer gig. I said, yes, I'd do it. I was honored to do it. I was honored to protect and to serve. I got paid for it. I mean, don't thank me. Don't thank me for my service. I got paid for it. I don't need thanks. I need a paycheck. But it's also something I wanted to do. It was instilled in me probably since I was a little kid to be a sheepdog. You know, when the lesser intelligent kids got picked on, I always cared like it bothered me to no end. It bothered me to no end. You know, someone needed to stand up for them. All right. So when we get back um, from this quick break, I want to talk about specifically what do you teach teachers and how to carry in schools. This Gun Talk Nation is brought to you by Ballistic Advantage, manufacturers precision quality rifle rifle barrels, uppers, lowers, and other firearm components. In a range of uses, um, they're known for very consistent manufacturing accuracy and also doing some things that can minimize recoil, state-of-the-art manufacturing, U.S. craftsmanship, uh, you know, Ballistic Advantage rank among the best money can buy for barrels. BallisticAdvantage.com. Also, Silencer Central, they deliver a suppressor to your door with a simple process that ensures you get the suppressor you need. They make it easy to purchase um, from handling the online paperwork. E-forms are now available, which making they're making this a lot quicker to get your silencer suppressor and they have their own they have the banish 30 they have the banish 46 which is a new one for big bore the banish 338 silencercentral.com is where you go to find out more all right so chris what do you specifically i mean obviously you teach anyone to shoot a pistol but but what are the specifics when you're talking about a teacher carrying in a school um you can't teach anybody to shoot a pistol. They have to want to. And, and uh, the people, the teachers that you train have to want to be there for that also. So the specifics we go into, um, we definitely delve deeply into mindset and the history of, you know, mass murder and active shooters. They call it active shooters. Uh, we call them active killers. Now, uh, we get into that mindset because you have to let people know what they're in for. Um <clears throat> So that's a, a a big part of it. We've you, had some. How do you tu- how do you get their minds ready? Do you use photos? Do you use video? Uh, a little bit of photos. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having some photos up. Uh, but there's, you know, my my style was always, uh, I was, I was honest. Okay, um, foul language happens because if you can't sit in a class and listen to the facts like do we have a beat button if i said a name a, you know you know if i said you know little joey d head you know mm-hmm. d head walks into the classroom he has a gun if you can't handle me calling somebody little joey d head what are you going to do when little joey d head does come into the classroom and start with a gun and start shooting everybody. and now maybe your favorite student is the first one that gets shot Mm-hmm. Are you going to, you know, how do you handle, how do you handle chaos? How do you handle rough language, uh, th- sites that you've never seen, never expected to see in your life? Um, how do you, how do you take out, how do you act amidst chaos? So mindset's really big. And uh, so we would do that. Um, and then we would delve right into, uh, you know, fundamentals of marksmanship and concealed carry tactics, you know, talk about guns, how to handle them. Uh, all the all the different options for for carrying guns and all the different options for guns to carry and use. Did you have certain categories of guns, certain types of carry that you recommended? Uh, the, the most the, the most recommended form of carry for any kind of teacher is very discreet. 
of course, the more discreet your carry is and the deeper your concealment is, the longer it takes to put it into action. So if you're the first classroom where little Joey D head walks in with his gun, you might be, I mean, you can be behind the eight ball. doesn't mean you're not going to survive it. You're going to have to think about creating distance, creating distractions, uh, taking cover while you can get to a firearm. But uh, deep concealment is really important. There's a lot of schools that the teachers in the schools don't even know who's armed. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. You know, uh, the gun to carry is the one that you're most comfortable with. We we always recommended that in training. We everybody ran like something that was a handful of gun at least nine millimeter or larger, and we really recommended nine for the most part, unless you're an experienced shooter. And some people brought in forties. There were there were agencies, law enforcement agencies, that said, "Well, if you're going to do this, this is what we recommend." And right away, it had to be you know a Glock forty because that's what the police <laughs> carried. Carry, yeah. Well, and women's hands are so different, and and, and primarily it was women, and we had quite a few men. Mm. But there's a lot of women, uh, um, everybody from the lunch lady to the librarian to the lady that works the front desk, uh, school bus drivers, yeah. uh, superintendents, a lot of superintendents, people that do roving jobs around the schools that aren't pinned down to a classroom. Yeah. So, I mean, every, everybody, uh, it, it definitely spanned the whole gamut. But, you know, part of that class is how to carry uh, options for carry. And I would show them what I've done in the past, you know, cause as an air marshal, I mean, I carried for as many as 20 hours in the day and I've carried across, you know, across the world. Yeah. So uh, and you have to be really discreet when doing and you it. have to, and nobody, nobody can know. So, you know, that's, that's super important, but then you talk about those tactics for deploying and, and what it takes to deploy from that deep concealment. But it's, I mean, what's more important having a gun really ready at hand, really quick at hand, or having it concealed and nobody knows you have it, you know, because if somebody knows you have it, I mean, you could be, if you're one of two teachers in that whole school that are armed, you, you one of you could be the very first target. I mean, because if you're the school resource officer, you're probably target number one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what are there any stories that come to mind when you have worked with these teachers over the years? Because it's got to be, I mean, it's a totally new experience for most of these people. And and they had to pass too, right? They had to go through the course and actually, oh, yeah, it wasn't just, test. okay, you, you did it, here you go. Yeah, well, there's stories. I mean, there were people that, that did really well in the class and performed and passed qualifications that we just thought were were bizarre in their, the way they presented themselves and we didn't give them certificates. Of course, my name was on it, so I'm not going to give it to them. You know, I'm not going to certify this guy. That doesn't seem right to me. I mean, I have a lot of training and experience. I've been in, involved in law enforcement and, and a student of use of force and, you know, human behavior for a lot of years. And I mean, we've had, you know, that was only one time that we had one person that was like that. Now, and we've had other, you know, people and it's almost always women um, because they they just get upset. And I'm, I'm not picking on them. I mean, the women were the ones that probably had the biggest hearts for sure. But they fail. You know, we always had, um, you know, one to four fail in a class out of 20. Mm -hmm. And we'd give them two chances. And after the second chance, if you don't pass, you're done. You have to take, retake the entire class. And they just get upset. And uh, you know damn well that they were the people you wanted doing this. 
And we would do everything we could to help them out and make sure they came back for the class again, the firearms portion, the testing portion, because they were just good people. They're all good people. Just get overwhelmed in the... Everybody does. Even cops get overwhelmed at qualification. I mean, cops fail all the time. And our call was substantially stricter. It was like a 92% instead of uh, 80% 80 for for the state. And then we had a 92%. So you had to pass with 92. I think that's an important thing to note when people talk about teachers carrying schools. And this is not a new idea, guys. This is something that's been going on. I know certain states have allowed it. Um, Utah, I know in particular, they've allowed teachers to carry in schools for many, many years. And you don't hear about problems with teachers carrying. And I know people who carry at high schools, junior highs, universities in some of those states. Um, But we're also talking about usually they do have to pass some sort of certification and certification is more rigorous more rigorous, certainly, than getting a concealed carry permit. Oh, yeah. Um, so after this quick break, we'll talk more about that. Facts and Firearms, it's family-owned, operated um, out of Ohio. They started with their patented ARAC-21 XRS. It's kind of this combination uh, of of an AR and an AK, and pretty neat. Um, they also have their muzzlock muzzle devices, uh, bolt carrier groups, their FX-19 handguns, and a lot of different tools and parts to do builds. It's kind of one of the things they really specialize in. They bring high-quality, high-value products to the shooting sports marketplace, FactsandFirearms.com and Loophole, the performance red dots. I mean, everyone's talking about red dots these days. Delta Point Pro, Delta Point Micro. They're machined and assembled in Oregon and backed by the Loophole Lifetime Guarantee. Delta Point Pro features a professional-grade optical system, incredibly wide field of view. It's quick, it's precise, and they have repeatable one MOA click adjustments. Delta Point Micro is the most compact, concealable red dot on the market. It mounts directly into that factory sight dovetail, uh, rear sight dovetail. So check that out at loophole.com. So, Chris, um, you guys did the a lot of these trainings. This is typically over summers, and you did it in the schools. Is that right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, and, and there's so much more to the training besides the firearms component that we talked about. We did do force-on-force training, and we were fortunate. You know, over the years, we used different venues. We used closed-down schools. We used closed-down businesses or empty businesses. We used uh, some of the uh, Christian schools that were uh, super pro to us, and then ultimately we ended up being able to use the city school um, and it was a big modern school, just like a, a regular school, which unfortunately for a lot of these small town teachers, they're like, yeah, our school's not this big. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, there's always give and take with, you know, having the latest greatest when somebody else doesn't work in that. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> we did a lot of force on force. Uh, we did, uh, like a, a complete half day where everybody got to be a bad guy. Everybody got to be a good guy. Everybody got to be a role player. So everybody got a lot of experience and time in there. And we talked about things like, you know, areas of responsibility, uh, when to enter a room, how to enter a room, uh, when not to enter a room, how to find out where the where the action is, you know, auditory clues. And, you know, what, what am I what do I hear? What do I see? What do I smell? 
how do I get drawn towards where the action is so that I can help out? You know, uh, do I do I even go towards the action if my classroom is a bunch of two years old, two year olds, and I can't leave them with anybody? Mm. Do I leave them unattended? Yeah, we cover all those important things, and it's way more training than anybody has with a concealed carry permit. So all these people that have concealed carry permits and think that they're they're safe out there and they're going to save the day or win the day. You know, you're not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to default to your level of training. And these teachers, we were giving them way, way more training than anybody was getting on a CCW permit. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, firearms training, medical training, mindset training, force on force training. So they are getting shot. They're getting sh they're getting shot back at. They're ta we're talking about tactics and tactics aren't just, you know, SWAT tactics. We're talking about how do you move down? How do you move down a hallway? How, what's cover? What's concealment? Um, you know, areas of responsibility and backdrops, like, and I get into this classroom and can I make that shot? Should I take that shot? Am I, am I close? Should I close the distance? Should I challenge from a distance? All those things, you know, stuff that a lot of people really don't think about because there's a time and a place to close the distance. And there's a time and a place to step back, grab a piece of cover and make a shot. There's also a time for verbal commands and there's a time for not using verbal commands. You know, sometimes somebody just needs to be shot in the back and not a word needs to be said. And that's a good point, because I think people, they look at movies and, and use movies as their training of, of all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Freeze. Don't move. Yeah. Freeze. Drop the gun. Yeah. Why? We get, we get a lot of that. The guy is running around a school killing kids. Why do you need to yell freeze at him? Yeah. Especially if you're a, a teacher. Right. You know, you're not trying to catch the bad guy. And, and and there's other things that go along with that. Like you do run into, I mean, there's a bunch of people in the hallway that are bleeding, moaning or dying or dead. And you run into somebody that is holding a gun. How is that person holding that gun? What is their, what is their demeanor? Do they have the means, the opportunity? Do they display the intent? Well, yeah, they have the means and the opportunity. They're holding a the gun. They're around a bunch of people that are, you know, still can be hurt. But do they display the intent? What's in their eyes? What are their actions like? How are they holding the gun? Is it in their hands backwards? Is it is it in their hands upside down? Is the gun down along their side? Do I just shoot them? I, I probably don't. I hate to tell you, but I don't want to shoot anybody that doesn't need shot. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be ready to shoot that person when I when they do notice that I'm there. Because if they turn and raise the gun towards me, there's a problem. If they look at me and panic and drop the gun then I, I don't have to shoot anybody that day. And maybe maybe that person does deserve to be shot or a parent of one of those children thinks that they wish they I would have shot them. I'm not going to shoot somebody that doesn't need to get shot. So we train them on that. That's a lot. It's a lot of training. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff to learn. Um, so you your kids are, are out of school, but what would you tell if you had kids who were grade school level kids into high school, whatever, or if you had family or friends who worked in schools, a teacher or whatever, I mean, what are you telling them right now about all this? And what would you advise your kids? Okay. You know, we're going back to a new school year. What are the teaching points? Well, run, fight, hide, run, fight, hide, run, hide, fight are, are my favorites. Okay. Run, hide, fight. Run away. I mean, I think that running away is a great idea. Get away from the trouble. Because you know? the, the schools tell them all to 
lock down and basically down and hide, hide in your, I, in, under your desk. I would, I would run first. I think I would, they think I'll, it's an earthquake. I would only hide <laughs> if I had to, or I could, and I felt like this was a great place for me to hide. Mm-hmm. And I would fight if I absolutely had to. But my first thing, and I always told my kids, was get out of the school, get get away. I mean, f- of course, lock down the room, assess the t- situation. Where where are the sounds coming from? Is it getting closer to me? Because it's getting closer. I'm breaking a window and I'm gone. I hate to tell you, but I'm not just going to wait. So if if the sound is going away, if the sound stops, uh, maybe I don't break a window and go outside because maybe he's gone outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, and I'm not going to, you know, you can't, you cannot tell somebody what to do every time. Because if you tell them, hey, always break out a window and always run, they might run right into the freaking, into the hornet's nest. Yeah. So you have to make decisions. You have to take, I, one thing I would not do is listen to someone that says, this is what we're going to do. And this is absolutely it. Because just like in SWAT, I mean, things are dynamic. They always changed. There was always a team leader. We would always talk and we would always hash out what we were going to do. But sooner or later, someone had to make a decision and we were going to go with it. But if a bunch of people are protesting after that leader makes that decision, you have to think about what's the reality and why are people protesting? The problem is we've got probably half half the people, maybe uh, even more out there that don't think, you know, lockdown is the only way to do it. Fighting back with books. <clears throat> you know, uh, we talked the other day, Ryan, you and I, and uh, there's a lot of weapons in there. I mean, having a having a five gallon bucket in the classroom is not just for medical supplies. You can put combat gloves. You can cut compression dressings, pressure dressings, tourniquets, band aids. You can have all kinds of stuff in there. But you can also have a hammer in there. You know, a hammer can be used not only as a weapon, but it can be used to break out the window and mm-hmm. knock the glass out. So you can start getting kids out of that room. You know, you could put chains in there. Uh, I mean, most people have some some way that, to really lock doors pretty pretty solidly now. And if these law enforcement officers in Uvalde didn't, I mean, if they didn't know, and it doesn't sound like they had like door stops, you know, you could drill a hole in the floor and drop a screwdriver through the hole and the handle sticking out is going to keep the door from open. Yeah, I mean, I've been on SWAT calls where we could not get the door open because there was a screwdriver really? in the do- in the floor, six inches behind the door, and the door would just bounce off of it. We ended up having to take the hinges out to get the door open. Wow. Yeah, you, you wouldn't cannot, think it would be that strong. It is that easy. And if your school doesn't have that, <clears throat> you've got to do something for yourself. Whether it's change, you have to devise some sort of situation, you know, some sort of, you know, contraption. But... uh I mean, there's a lot that can be done. People just don't think. What they want to do is they want to be told. People don't like to, to take action. They like to be told what to do. Uh, it's, it's difficult. And if I had kids in the school, I would tell them to use their freaking heads and make a good decision. And if you go out that window, know that if, if somebody's out there to shoot you, I mean, the Jonesboro, Arkansas kids laid in the woods. They pulled the fire alarm. The, fire alarm, the kids right. came out to the playground, and then they shot them out there. Yeah. So is that a possibility? Yes. I'm not leaving the building unless I smell smoke. I'm not yeah. in a hurry to go anywhere unless I feel pressured to go there's, somewhere. There's gunshots and I hear them getting louder. They're getting closer, that type of thing. Or the okay. fire alarm goes off. I mean, why Why do we need to run from the school? Why do we all need to, to do anything just right away? Mm-hmm. Let's just stop, wait, and think. You know, it's like uh, that, that uh, stop thing. Well, you know, st- sit, think, observe, and plan. Stop. 
That's what they say when you're lost in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they tell you in Boy Scouts. Sit, think, observe, and plan. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. Don't yeah, don't. It could be 30 seconds. It could be a minute. It could be five minutes. I'm pretty sure the school's not going to burn down around you in a very short amount of time. Do you see fire? Do you smell smoke? Then maybe we're not in immediate danger at this point. Sure. Right. I mean, you're kind of safe right where you're at until you're not. And then you take action. But you have to have plans. There's a lot of stuff being talked about. Um, A lot of proposals being discussed. And there's some other things that I think we ought to be doing um, to harden our schools. And we kind of focused on the teacher side of things and inside the school things. But um, we're going to do a a second part for this that's going to come next week after this one. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with another one to continue this conversation. 